Greetings and welcome to AmazingPages.com, COVID-19 and Cancer. My name is Jim, I'll be your narrator. Alright, let's get started. I may have mentioned in a previous podcast that to, to me, the math I was hearing from the government didn't make sense. But now it does. Uh, it looks like this could kill literally millions of Americans. But if we do things the right way, we may lose just as few as a couple hundred thousand. Like that's a few. I want to put that in perspective for you. That is uh, four times the amount of individuals that lost their lives during the duration of the entire Vietnam War which raged on from the 60s into the 70s. That was pretty horrific. If you've ever gone to see the the wall, the memorial to the Vietnam deaths where all of the individuals who lost their lives are inscribed in it, you'll get the feeling that, uh, wow, that's a massive amount of death. This wall would be five times longer so and that's on the short end that's on the short side of this estimate so I don't know is it an abnormal fear time I'm a guy who is living with uh, acute myeloid leukemia that I had a bone marrow transplant for that has now been deemed to have been ineffective so I'm on some additional drugs I'm in limbo a little bit right now because uh, much of what my testing his would be considered uh, elective uh, surgeries and uh, that's all on hold because of the situation at the hospitals with the overwhelming amount of patients coming in with this virus that need help so you know not only am I living with the fear of this looming cancer death as a possibility but now I'm living with this super abnormal fear of having a death of COVID-19 I'm told the greatest people at risk are those who have an underlying condition are over the age of 65 who have uh, something like diabetes high blood pressure or a messed up immune system so I check all those boxes I'm 66 years old I have uh, I'm taking uh, cancer treatment which is chemotherapy so my immune system was a wreck to begin with now it's even more of a wreck I have diabetes I have hypertension so you know I'm pretty much ground zero for this and it is with that in mind that I took very early steps of isolating myself. This is now, for most of America, their their uh, 17th day in confinement uh, with another 28 days to go. And for me, this is already my 45th day in confinement away from the world. And believe me, I'm extremely careful. The very few times that I've had to go out, I've... Uh, worn masks, gloves, and I've carried disinfectant wipes with me and hand sanitizers. Uh, 
I've, uh, I've wiped down the gas station pumps and the pads and the credit card before, after, and during refueling when I needed to. I do the same and have been doing the same with the mail that comes in every day. I put on a pair of gloves, I grab the mail, I spread it out on the table, I spray it with Lysol and I let it sit for two hours before I open it. Same thing with UPS packages or Amazon packages. I wear masks. When I, I wear actually a double mask. I wear a cloth mask and then I wear a, um, uh, a traditional mask, I guess you'd say, under that. And uh, that's when I go for a walk each day. And then I wear, of course, a, a really large hat to uh, keep the sun off my head and my neck because uh, one of the things that I was told as part of my cancer therapy was to avoid the sun since I'm now ultra-susceptible to skin cancer. Yeah, you know, I mean, to me, it seems like, wow, I got, like, death is lurking at every corner. <laughs> I try not to let that get me down. And this is not supposed to be a talk about uh, making you feel bad or making you feel bad for me. Uh, I'm just trying to express to you uh, where I'm at and where most of uh, the world, frankly, is at right now. You know, we have a lot of anxiety uh, over what could be. I mean, I, I mentioned in uh, a Facebook post that this seems a little Twilight Zone-ish, you know, like one of those old episodes of the Twilight Zone that you're just waiting for that little twist at the end. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, but lots of anxiety, you know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of Twilight Zone-ish feeling here. And, you know, uh, because of the anxiety, it uh, makes a lot of people turn to drugs to soothe that feeling. People got a lot of extra time on their hands. That's not going to be good in the long run. I have to fight that myself. I, you know, they give me some drugs to lower my anxiety, and I, I have to be careful I don't abuse them right now because it's easy for me to get so worked up with the news 24 hours a day just hammering this COVID-19 deaths, projections, the governor's on the news, the president's on the news. It's just everywhere. You can't, you can't miss it if you have a television or a radio. And, uh, of course, I've had to talk to my kids about this, too. Um, my, my kids range in age from uh, 19 to 50, and some will speak to me and some won't. Can't do anything but the ones that won't. But the ones that will are at all different stages in their life as to just how they receive this information. I have uh, my youngest son, uh, who's fairly uh, cooperative. <coughs> Excuse me. He is uh, uh, he is uh, slightly autistic, and uh, other than his own frustrations of being a sixteen-year-old. Um, and not being able to do the things 16-year-olds would like to do. He's a fairly compliant young man, and uh, there's not much problem there. It's when you get up the scale a little bit. You know, I've got a 22-year-old. He just doesn't see why. I don't know anybody that's got this. I'm just going to go to this bonfire tonight. You know, it's just me and somebody and somebody else. How is that a problem? Well... I keep trying to tell them that's a problem because when you're ordered to stay at home and stay indoors, there's a reason for that. 
This is such an insidious killer that if you don't take this seriously, you're, you're not, it's not like you're picking up a gun and shooting the guy next to you, but you're definitely going to probably invoke death on someone somewhere. If everybody doesn't do their part, we're going to have a mess on our hands. And we already know that it's highly unlikely that everybody will do what they're supposed to do. But we can only hope that we can keep that percentage to a minimum and therefore have at least some hope, right? I mean, when it comes to um, some of my other children, you know, they, they take it more seriously. My daughter, she certainly takes it extremely seriously. She uh, is not leaving the house. Uh, she's facing great economic concerns right now. Um, you know, there's just there's so much that goes with this. You know, the fear of not having a paycheck. How are you going to pay the rent? How are you going to pay for your utilities? How are you going to make your car insurance payments? or your car payments, or whatever payments, when you don't have any money at all coming in. And the government has acted fairly quickly, but actually nothing has fallen into the hands of the individuals yet, and it's the first of the month and everybody's rent is due. So people are starting to push the panic button on that as well. I know certainly my kids are. Um, so you know how I'm trying to deal with this is uh, to just keep as normal of a routine as possible. I basically try to keep busy. Uh, you know, there's a million little projects that I have around my house that I've put off for years and years and years. And I am just going through them like a hot knife through butter. I'm uh, getting them done one by one by one. And that's great. Keeps me occupied, makes the day go by. Also, uh, you know, because of the fact that I'm taking an oral form of chemo, you know, I do get tired, and I get tired pretty easily, so I do spend a fair amount of time, at least twice a day, taking a nap. So that makes some of my time go by. And honestly, the rest of the time, I try to evolve myself in quiet meditation and prayer. I just kind of wait for an answer and pray for an outcome and it's uh, often just a prayer for me to be able to accept whatever it is that's going to happen another thing that I do is uh, I try to reach out to others um, I'm trying to reach out to you right now I try to reach out to some of my friends some acquaintances that I know that uh I would launch or play, do different activities with uh, once a week or so, either as a couple or as an individuals. Uh, and, you know, people that I have something in common with that I, you know, maybe wouldn't normally call them, you know, but now I'm making a point of calling them just about every other day or every three days. Same thing with my family. I'm making sure I get a call or a text in every day. Uh, and I'm just trying to reach out. Reaching out is a good way to talk about either what's bothering you, which is the current situation of my fear from all this, or to be distracted because Somebody's got something to say about a completely unrelated thing, maybe a project they're working on or something that happened in their life here in the past couple of days or something. So, you know, all of those things help. Uh, they're they're the, probably the best and most hopeful things I can suggest to you at this particular moment in history. Meditate 
pray and reach out. Those are all basically things that are uh, spiritual in nature. And if you don't have a spiritual side to you at this point in time, going through this point in history, I honestly feel sorry for you. There's very little to look forward to once you reach a certain age. You know, when you're very young, you, you're, you're just so anxious to burst out into the world and experience what the adults have experienced. And then you're, it's so easy to be immersed in the, the, um, the bliss of uh, youthful relationships and sexual exploration and satisfaction of the flesh that comes naturally at a young age. And then it's easy to be immersed in uh, the, the child-bearing years and the child-raising years. And then it's pretty easy to be immersed in your financial aspirations and your desire to earn money and collect things. And then the, the brakes kind of hit the tracks and you stick back and you wonder, gee, is this all there is? And that's when you got to start turning inward a little bit and thinking about faith. Because without faith, there really isn't much to look forward to. You can continue to try to amass more money, I suppose, or enjoy more outrageous times. But, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same the second time around. But when you open up your heart and your mind to the life that is to come that is much more exciting if you truly believe and it gives you something to look forward to I mean I'm not looking forward to dying don't get me wrong I, I certainly want to live my life on this earth as long as possible because there are people here that I love very much but on the other hand there is someone that I love very much that I am sure I'm going to see after death. And then there's a whole lot of people that I loved here that I'm sure I'm going to see after death. And then there's people that are going to be related to me in one fashion or another that I haven't even been born yet that at some time I'm going to see and get to meet. And I'm going to be one with a, a complete collective consciousness. And you know what? That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's something to look forward to for me. So for right now, let's stay here, okay? Let's stay here on Earth. Let's just deal with what the task we have at hand is. And let's carry on with our normal lives. Try to clean up a few of those things that you have this golden opportunity to get caught up on. And meditate, pray, and reach out. Now, please have yourself... An amazing day indoors. Goodbye.